Welcome to the History of North America. I'm Mark Vinette. The first 125 years of England's exploration and colonization attempts in North America paints a vivid picture of ambition, curiosity, greed, religious fervor, and innovation. Let's revisit this century and a quarter of exploits, mishaps, and adventures to try and put in perspective the results obtained from the headlong momentum pushing this small European island nation forward with its daring plans to make its mark in the New World's Northern Hemisphere. It all started with the first Tudor king in 1497, when the English began crossing the pond. The news of Christopher Columbus's recent discoveries on behalf of Spain was a spur to English action and secured the support of King Henry, who gambled on his own venture of exploration. On March 5, 1496, the king issued letters patent to navigator Giovanni Caboto, better known to history as John Cabot, and his three sons, giving them his royal authority for a voyage of exploration. In May 1497, Cabot sailed again from Bristol on a little ship called the Matthew, in the hope of finding a route to Asia. Leaving Bristol, the expedition sailed past Ireland and across the Atlantic Ocean. On June 24th, he sighted land somewhere on the coast of North America and called it New Found Land. He believed it was Asia and claimed it for England. Although the crew, upon making landfall, did not meet any native people during their brief visit, they did apparently come across tools, nets, and the remains of a fire. The crew appeared to have remained on land just long enough to take on fresh water. They also unfurled both the English and Venetian flags, claiming the land for the King of England and recognizing the religious authority of the Roman Catholic Church. Cabot continued to explore the coast for weeks thereafter, making observations and charting the coastline for future voyages. He landed only once during the expedition, before turning back. The exact location of the landfall has long been disputed, with different communities vying for the honor. Records indicate that he sighted land at a northern location believed to be somewhere in the Canadian Atlantic provinces. For the 500th anniversary celebrations, the governments of Canada and the United Kingdom designated Cape Bonavista in Newfoundland as the official landing place. Here in 1997, Queen Elizabeth II, along with members of the Italian and Canadian governments, greeted the replica, Matthew of Bristol, following the ship's celebratory crossing of the Atlantic. John Cabot has historically been credited with being the first European to land in North America since the Norsemen, and thereby also recognized as being the first European known to have landed in Canada after the Viking Age. His overall efforts helped lay the groundwork for the later British claim to Canada. Like Columbus, Cabot believed that he was laying claim to part of Asia. The New World, which had begun as a dream, ended up being mistaken for another continent. It seems apt, however, that Canada, which has become a nation of many cultures, should have been discovered by an Italian sailor who was building on the navigational experience of Portugal and Spain, whose voyage was funded by the King of England, and who mistook this continent for Asia, the land from which the native people's ancestors had come. Sailing for God, gold, and glory, this titan of history has entered the pantheon of humans who changed the course of world history. 
His voyages had profound global consequences and quickly led to the opening up of the continent to massive changes and European colonization. Sebastiano Caboto, better known to the English-speaking world as Sebastian Cabot, was the son of celebrated Venetian explorer John Cabot. After his father's death, Sebastian conducted his own voyages of discovery, including seeking the Northwest Passage through North America for England. He is most appreciated by historians today, however, for his world map of A.D. 1544, also known as the Sebastian Cabot map. King Henry VIII is probably the most well-known and most studied of English monarchs. His reign is often seen as a prelude to and the forerunner of the British Empire and English activities on the North American continent. Certainly, without the institutional changes he brought, the wars he fought, and the religious differences he ushered into his country, England, and therefore Britain, likely would have never risen to the status she ultimately achieved. His life was rocked by repeated scandals, religious schisms, and lustful ambition, making King Henry VIII one of the most fascinating and mixed characters to influence North America's history. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Before England ruled the waves, there was the Mary Rose, a technologically advanced sailing vessel that contributed to the future global domination of the English Navy, including the vast waters surrounding the North American continent. The Mary Rose is a Carrick-type warship of the Tudor Navy of King Henry VIII. She served for 33 years in several wars against France, Scotland, and Brittany. Built in 1511, King Henry's favorite warship was lost during a naval battle over 400 years ago. She led the 1545 attack on the galleys of a French invasion fleet, but sank in the Solent, the strait north of the Isle of Wight, near South England's coast. While she lay on the seabed, the wreck of the Mary Rose and its contents were preserved in silt for centuries and located in 1971 and raised in 1982 in one of the most complex and expensive maritime salvage projects in history. The surviving section of the ship and thousands of recovered artifacts are of great value as a Tudor period time capsule that sheds light on the daily lives of typical Tudor era sailors that cross the ocean to the shores of North America and the advanced technology of the transatlantic ships they sailed. Maritime archaeologists are still uncovering its secrets today. 
Many of the artifacts are unique to the Mary Rose and have provided insights into topics ranging from naval warfare to the history of musical instruments. Although the Mary Rose never reached North American shores, its importance to later English naval expeditions to the New World was significant. Tudor King Henry VIII died in 1547, leaving England's crown to his son Edward VI, whose short reign led to the royal ascension of his two sisters and the imminent exploration and colonization of America. Infamous pirate John Hawkins was one of the many buccaneers that roamed the shores of North America on behalf of Queen Elizabeth I. Born in Plymouth, England in 1532, Admiral Sir John Hawkins was an Elizabethan shipbuilder, naval administrator and commander, merchant, navigator, privateer, and slave trader. One of the foremost seamen of 16th century England, he was the chief architect of the Elizabethan Navy. He devised a naval blockade to intercept Spanish treasure ships in the Caribbean. For this, he was considered a pirate by the Spanish, but a privateer by the Queen of England. Hawkins and his crew were some of the first travelers from Europe to observe tobacco use in the Americas during their voyages. A chronicle of his 1565 voyage recounts the French Huguenot inhabitants of Fort Caroline smoking tobacco leaves. He and his men brought back both the leaves and the practice of smoking to England. Martin Frobisher was an Elizabethan seaman, adventurer, and explorer who made three voyages to the New World looking for the Northwest Passage to India. As an English privateer, he plundered riches from French ships. He was later knighted by the Queen for his service in repelling the Spanish Armada in 1588. Frobisher's 1576 voyage to northern Canada was the first well-documented contact between Europeans and Inuit, formerly known as Eskimo. Next time, we continue sailing with England across the ocean to North America's Atlantic coast. Check out the YouTube version of this episode, which has accompanying images. If you enjoy what we do, check the show notes and try supporting us in any way that you can. Thanks. I'm Mark Vinette, and I hope you're enjoying the ride. Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body which decreases as we age. Taking Calitrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calitrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply. And this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. Buy the 90-day supply and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY 
to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to the special offer. Again, text HISTORY, that's H-I-S-T-O-R-Y, using the code 30605.